getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Today, Nick and I are going to debate what the Broncos should do with that fifth overall pick. With Case Keenum under contract, should the Broncos go with a different kind of player, a different blue chipper, a non-quarterback, or is this the year, the opportunity to take that potential franchise quarterback early? You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast presented by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, Scout Media, CBS Sports Digital. With me today, you know him, Nick Kendall, co-host of the draft-focused Huddle Up podcast. We might eventually, Nick, have to come up with a new show, retitle what you and Carl are doing, give it its own name instead of the draft-focused Huddle Up podcast. Do you have any ideas for a title? Draft debates? Uh, I Put me on the spot. I don't know. Normally, I'm pretty good with this kind of stuff, but I got to kind of <laughs> stew on it a little bit. So, so Sorry, listeners. Well, this was unscripted. We didn't plan <laughs> to talk about this, but one of the challenges we'll have if we, uh, if we eventually choose to make that its own show under the Huddle Up podcast umbrella, kind of like Trickle Down Theories is its own thing, and we make Nick and Carl's podcast its own thing. One of the challenges is if we call it draft debates during the season – you know, we got to come up with something that works in the off season, in other words, and something that also works uh, when the football is being played on the grass. So it'll be fun. We'll we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, and if any of you listeners have any ideas, then toss it out there. But yeah, that's a good point. If you have any uh, ideas to title Nick and Carl's podcast, tweet us, hit us up. Uh, we are just to kind of tease you a little bit. We're actually looking to make a big move with our podcast, switching to a network that should be pretty awesome in terms of the different things we can do as a show and, and the different ways we can kind of diversify our content platform for you, the listener. So stay tuned for that news. It's still kind of in the developmental uh, stage, so we're going to have to hold off on giving you all the deets, but just stay tuned. Some really exciting changes coming up. But huddle up. We're here to give you a deep dive on your favorite team, the Denver Broncos, and we do need your help. We ask you each and every week to take some time and go to iTunes is especially important if you listen through iTunes and leave a creative review and rate the show. It's super important. If you're on an Android device, go rate us on Google Play or Stitcher. And the reason it's important is it helps us to grow and reach new listeners. So take the time to listen, 
take an additional 30 seconds and go leave us a nice little review. We appreciate it. Also, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, and Mile High Huddle on both Facebook and Twitter. Pretty easy to find us in both places. And you want to make sure you're hitting that subscribe button because free agency has kind of gotten off to a little bit of a slow start, but we're going to be knee-deep in the draft season. There's going to be a lot of stuff happening leading up to the big day and you're not going to want to miss a single episode. And Nick and I, we do have a fun conversation to get to here today, but first, I want to holler at you about why you need to become a Mile High Huddle VIP subscriber and why now is the time to pull the trigger. Now, some of you remember from the last episode that in honor of Broncos free agency, we rolled out a buy one, get four free months VIP sale on subscriptions, but it was a limited time offer which ended Thursday night. However, a lot of people, for whatever reason, missed out on it. So I went to the brass and was able to get them to allow us to offer a new deal to subscribers, considering that we're barely into free agency and there's a ton of deep dive draft analysis coming from milehighhuddle.com. So right now we're giving you your first month of MHH premium for one penny. Just a single cent. After that, of course, it's five bucks per month. Or when you first sign up, if you choose the annual option, which is $49 for the year, you'll get your first month for a penny and then your 12 more months for 49 bucks. Now, our approach to covering the Broncos, you guys know this. It's not just about reporting the news because everyone does that. In most sites, that's what they stick to, the newswire, because that's what gets the clicks, right? What we focus on is breaking down the Broncos in depth, whether that's all 22 film reviews, which Nick is the man at doing, X's and O's, deep dive player evaluation, which Eric and Nick and Carl and all those guys with finding Broncos are rolling out as we get closer to the draft. And it's just, it's our whole thing is about going deeper. And we save our best, most in-depth content for our VIP subscribers, our premium members. So to become a Mile High Huddle VIP and get access to 100% of our written analysis, just click on the green banner at the top of the website, milehighhuddle.com. Then click the monthly option uh, or annual, and you'll be locked in. You go at checkout, first month MHH is the code that you use, first month MHH, to get your first month for a single penny. Pull the trigger, and you have my word. You won't be disappointed. All right, so Nick and I wanted to get together today and record a conversation, and it's, it's a little bit of a, a debate, if you will, because up until the Broncos signed Case Keenum, I was pretty much of the opinion that they should avoid Kirk Cousins. I've been the avoid Kirk Cousins guy for basically the last two or three months, but that they should sign somebody that, uh, even if it means overpaying someone in the first year uh, of the contract, sign a quarterback who would still allow them to utilize their top five pick on a quarterback. However, I have changed my tune somewhat. I've changed my thought process on that. And I'm not 100% decided yet, but if I had to lean one way today, it would be that I think the Broncos, considering who they signed, Case Keenum, should utilize that fifth pick on a position other than quarterback. And one of my biggest uh, reasons for that, Nick, is that, you know, Case Keenum, you put the pieces around him, the Broncos can win now. And with what is sure to be, especially after the news of the Jets trading up to pick three, what is sure to be a run on quarterbacks at the top of the draft, there's a really, really good chance that the Broncos will have the option to draft Saquon Barkley. It's very real possibility. Bradley Chubb or Quentin Nelson, one of those three blue chippers that you just can't go wrong with at the top of the draft. Whereas if they take a quarterback, 
that's great, but they're not going to play in year one, and it's all about putting the pieces, in my mind right now, around Case Keenum. What are your thoughts on – I know you obviously Nick's, Nick's perspective is the opposite of that, but explain to the listeners where you're feeling it. See, for me, I think that you only have so many opportunities to draft in the top five in a class where you have multiple guys who many people think, including myself, could be franchise quarterbacks. Now, I hear the argument, you know, that running back is there, Saquon Barkley, Quentin Nelson, Bradley Chubb even, but none of those guys, even if they hit, none of them will have the same impact on if you hit on a quarterback. The Broncos signed Case Keenum, which gives them some insurance in case you don't get that guy in the draft, but Case Keenum already, you know, 30 years old and going to be a two-year deal for the Broncos, so they're, they're not married to him by any means and hitting on that pick for the quarterback sets up the Broncos long term you can look at a number of options uh recent history that the offensive linemen you know for Quentin Nelson for example you have some of the the best offensive linemen in the game and even though they are great they're not moving the needle for their team take for example the recently retired Joe Thomas first ballot hall of famer one of the top offensive tackles to ever play the game. He played in zero playoff games in his career. Zero. Yep. That's true. And you even look at uh, the long kid up in Chicago, who's is, ever since he entered the league, he's been one of the top guys. Chicago has done pretty much nothing since he joined uh, the Bears. And that's a good point. It really is. And it's, 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 it's a tricky debate because I honestly could go either way. But the way I'm looking at it right now, and one of the big reasons is that I think Case Keenum can take you places if you put pieces around him. And, of course, picking in the top five, that needs to be the caliber of player who is not only immediate impact, someone that can come in and and start right away, but someone who can change the game. It has to be a game-changing selection. And I think that if you pair Saquon Barkley, put him behind Case Keenum, if you grab Bradley Chubb, play him opposite of Von Miller – you all of a sudden give your team an enormous boost that will make a difference in the win-loss column, I think, come game day. I can, I can agree with you as far as the 2018 season goes. Right, right. Taking a quarterback is not going to move the needle that much in that regard. But as a team builder, I'm not looking purely at 2018. I'm looking 2020, 2021. And with Case Keenum being already older, you know, finally having a, a good season – First time in his career, really, you know, moving that needle. And you can get, if you can get a franchise quarterback and you don't think you have one on the roster and there's one that's available when you pick, it's a no brainer move. You take the quarterback. Let me, let me offer you a scenario. Okay. We know that Cleveland's picking one. And for now, the Giants are picking two. And now the Jets are picking three. Cleveland again at four. And then the Broncos. That's how it sits today. How would you want the Broncos to approach that fifth pick? Let's just, assume for the sake of this particular question that the Broncos stand pat at pick five and everything looks the same as it is today one through four let's say Sam Darnold as what we're hearing happens and he's the first quarterback off the board number two goes your boy Josh Rosen number three even though we're hearing it to the contrary let's say the Jets take Baker Mayfield instead of Josh Allen so you've got Darnold Rosen and Mayfield First three quarterbacks, one, two, three, successive, just like that, off the board. Cleveland comes back. You know, maybe they take Saquon Barkley. Maybe they take Bradley Chubb. Who knows what they do at that point. But then the Broncos go on the clock. 
Would you want them to take a Josh Allen at pick five? See, now you're getting to the specifics of my rankings. I don't think Josh Allen's going to end up being a franchise quarterback. I think there are way too many red flags in terms of his accuracy, his progressing, or his ability to go through progressions. And right. I know that's some, probably some of the uh, Wyoming Bronco listeners are shaking their heads, getting tired of hearing this narrative. <laughs> but right. I just, I can't shake it. I can't shake it. He, his profile matches so many of the early round busts. Yeah. And I think that at least with a guy like Mayfield, where you know he may not, he doesn't have the arm or the even the athleticism or size that Allen has, he has the skill set that translates the best. Right. You know, like you quarterbacks, if you're accurate, you can go through your progressions and make the proper read. That's, I mean, that's going to move the needle in today's game. You know, you don't have to have great arm talent. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. You don't have to be a giant either. I mean, look at the always tendency drafting these giraffes Mm -hmm. and it's, it's not working out, (laughs) but it's for me, I think in that scenario, I probably don't take the quarterback because I don't believe in Allen. Again, it's if you see a franchise quarterback there and you don't have one, you take him. Now, right. if the Broncos think Allen's a franchise quarterback, that's different. But personally, for me, I wouldn't look to go there. I'd probably, I'd probably fingers crossed trade back with the the Buccaneers if I could, from five to seven because the Bucks are apparently extremely thirsty for Bradley Chubb, who is by all indication the Colts' target at six. Mm. And so the, I think the Bucks would. I mean, they're not going to pay what the Giants just got. You know, quarterback trade values is totally different than any other position. But I would pretend, hopefully, look to trade back a bit. If you had to stick there, I'd probably take the best one available of Quentin Nelson or Saquon Barkley or right. Bradley Chubb. So that brings up a good point, though, that both of us could be right in a sense, in that the Broncos wouldn't necessarily have to take a quarterback at pick five. But they could still draft a quarterback of the future later on. They could, you know, for example, be at the top of the second pick eight where they're at right now in the second round. And if a guy like Lamar Jackson or, heaven forbid, if Josh Allen falls to the bottom of the first or is there in the top of the second, then I'd be a little bit more amenable to the idea of taking a Josh Allen, although I have uh, have my doubts that he's going to last that long. Some quarterback needy team, and I hope the Broncos aren't that sucker is going to take Josh Allen based on his tools and his, his, his measurements and all that stuff. But my point being, though, the Broncos could get a blue chipper at pick five and in the second round take a guy like Lamar Jackson or the kid from Oklahoma State whose name is escaping me right now, Mason Rudolph, or the kid from Richmond, Kyle Laletta. I mean, there are some options that you could bring in and let him, this, this younger guy, compete with Chad Kelly if Paxton Lynch remains on the roster, which we're going to talk a little bit more about later in the show, let him just duke it out so long as Case Keenum is able to, you know, keep the keep the party rolling, keep the Broncos competitive and on pace to win the division. Because if the Broncos win the division, they get into the tournament. And we've seen over the last 10 years especially, well, 20 years, you get into the tournament and all bets are off. I mean, you can you can go all the way. Even though the Broncos won or the, the number one seed in 2015 – on paper, that wasn't a team that you really felt like should have gone all the way. They very much were kind of an underdog story, which made that world championship so much sweeter. So, I don't know. Do you think Case Keenum, let's say the Broncos take a blue chipper. Let's say they skip out on quarterback at pick five. And let's just say it's someone like Saquon Barkley, Bradley Chubb, or Quentin Nelson, one of those three. 
do you see the Broncos? Of course, we'd have to know exactly how the, the draft fell to be as specific as possible, but knowing what we know now about the team, Nick, do you think Case Keenum can at least keep this Broncos team competitive for the division, giving them a chance to get to the playoffs? I think that he can, as long as he takes care of the football and the Broncos continue to improve in the trenches, which is some area that's been an issue for them the past few seasons. Now, I think you are capped at what Keenum can bring you. You're not, you're not winning games because of Keenum. It's it's almost like Alex Smith. You know, right. you have a guy that can come in and run the offense and hopefully play off the run game in the defense and not turn it over. And with that paired with hopefully good coaching, you can win some football games. But as you saw with the Chiefs this year, at some point that's not enough anymore. You know, just being competitive and competing for the division, that's not what teams are being built for. You know, it's about getting those Super Bowls. So I think you can compete for Keenum, but I think that how far that quarterback and that a team around him can go, I think that's extremely limited. And you talk about going quarterback of the future in the second round or even day three, I mean, or day two. Yeah. I mean, here's some names from the quarterbacks that have been taken day two the past couple seasons. You know, Deshaun Kaiser, who was traded for pretty much nothing. Bust. Yeah, just, I mean, one season, you hate to say bust, but just been horrible. Uh, Davis Webb, probably not going to be anything for the Giants. I mean, they're, they're all talks that they're going to probably go Rosen if they can. If not Rosen, then they might even go with Kyle Oletta, uh end of the first round, top of the second. Uh, C.J. Beathard, already a backup. You know, the, the uh, 49ers traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Then you have the likes of Christian Hackenberg, super mm. bust. Yep. Second round. Jacoby Brissett, who's been solid, but, I mean, is he great? I don't see it. No. Cody Kessler, teams looking to get rid of him at all costs. Mm-hmm. And then 2015, Garrett Grayson. Sean Mannion. So those are your day two quarterbacks. But then in comparison, the day one guys, Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Paxton Lynch. Gosh darn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. Honestly, out of all these guys, the only one that looks like a significant bust is Paxton Lynch. Well, what if, what if Denver's quarterback of the future is already on the roster? What if Chad Kelly, not Paxton Lynch, what if Chad Kelly, 100% healthy, I mean, he's already proven to me one thing that I had serious doubts he'd be able to do, which was in his first year as a pro, be one of those guys that is seen, not hurt. You know what I mean? He's, he's just in the background. He's not getting into trouble off the field. He's not creating any kind of distraction. He's just being a team guy. And he proved that he can do that, at least for one year so far. He's proven he can do that while he licked his wounds, while he rehabbed, while he got healthy. Well, heading into 2018, we've seen clips. He's throwing. He's 100% healthy. He's got some skills, Nick. Now, it's still debatable what he what he possesses between the ears. There's a lot to, uh, to talk about on, in that regard and a lot left to be proven, frankly, at the pro level when it comes to Chad Kelly. But what if this – I mean, this guy – look – Listeners know, I'm not one of these up-to-my-elbows-down-in-the-trenches evaluation guys, scouts. You know, that's why we've got Nick. That's why we've got Eric. That's why we've got Carl. These guys uh, have that expertise. But I do know quarterbacks, and looking at him, watching him play in college, there are so many traits that he possesses that are pro-NFL-caliber traits. And one of the things, just taking away from his tangible side, Nick, talking about Chad Kelly's intangibles, 
I love his toughness, and most importantly, I love his competitive spirit. He's a guy that just absolutely hates to lose. It's not acceptable. It's not me crying on the bench when, you know, things aren't going my way like a certain Paxton Lynch. This is a guy that craves winning. And so I, for one, speaking for myself, am very curious to see what he can do. You know, it's not going to necessarily be a quarterback competition with with, uh, Case Keenum, but... I'm really curious to see what Chad Kelly can do in terms of, you know, pushing a little bit from behind. Because I think once we get to training camp and fans are able to see him throwing the ball around and engaging with his teammates and, you know, being a leader, I think there's a lot of people that are going to be pleasantly surprised by Chad Kelly, including possibly the Broncos. I have hopes for Chad Kelly, but being Mr. Irrelevant, a guy that pretty much was going to be undrafted until at least based on sources that was going to be undrafted until Jim call Jim Kelly called and said, Hey, Elway, can you do us this favor? And then the Broncos worked something out with Kyle Sloter saying they were going to originally take Kyle Sloter with that pick is what I've been told. Mm -hmm. And they worked something out with him to say that, okay, well you can use it on Chad Kelly and I'll still sign with you as an undrafted free agent. Right. So I would love to see Chad Kelly do well, but I think it's, it's definitely a huge gamble to bet on him in any sort of way. If he can even turn out to be a solid backup quarterback for the Broncos, that is a huge return on investment. So he does have arm talent. There are some issues with his touch, anticipatory throws, everything like that. And he's a decent athlete in the pocket as well. So I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping backup. I think anything beyond that might be a little bit of a stretch based on what I, what I saw on the tape and what I've heard what the team thinks about him, but yeah, I if if he was a higher investment as well, yeah, I think that might be something that would deter you from going with a, an early pick at quarterback. But uh, Mister Irrelevant, I understand that he had the injury and everything like that, but it's just so much going against him. And I think that you know, pointing your finger and saying Chad Kelly is the guy that sure. keeps us from drafting a potential franchise quarterback, I think that is something that I I could never personally do. And I agree with you that I don't think at this stage you can count on or plan around Chad Kelly being that guy, but it does or would create a very interesting scenario, especially if the Broncos end up taking a, you know, not necessarily a developmental quarterback, but let's say they wait till round two or round three, someone that's got a little bit higher draft pedigree, but isn't expected to start right away. It'll be really interesting to see how, that dynamic works with Chad Kelly and Paxton Lynch, who we need to talk about too. But before we talk about Paxton Lynch and where he fits into all this, we want to say thank you to our sponsor, Audible. Listen up, you guys. Get a 30-day free trial. Get a free audiobook download to go with it at audibletrial.com slash huddle up. There's over 180,000 different titles to choose from, whether you're an iPhone user, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com slash huddle up. And as you guys know, this is an app that I talk about a lot. Not just saying thank you to the sponsor, but I'm very passionate about this app because I'm a huge reader. And, you know, the older you get, the busier you get. You don't always have time to sit down and turn the pages on the books that you want to read. But one thing that's really cool about Audible is it allows you to get those books under your belt while you're doing other things. You might be at the gym, you might be in the kitchen, you might be in the yard, you might be on your commute, and you can get in some really good books without having to sit down and turn the pages. And with our sponsorship through Audible, 
It's a great opportunity. They're giving you a great shot to try their service out risk-free for 30 days with a free book. And if you don't like it, you know, you don't like it. But I think if you're listening to this podcast, obviously you enjoy the audio medium. You enjoy that type of content. Audible is no different. And yeah, it costs money, but it's absolutely worth it. There's different levels of, of membership. If you choose to stick with them, you can find the right one for you at the right cost for you. But first things first is trying it out for yourself risk-free with that 30-day trial and a free audiobook download. So go to audibletrial.com slash huddle up. And also remember, it's a great, great way to support the show by patronizing our sponsors. All right, so one of the things that's kind of muddying the water in terms of trying to project what the Broncos are going to do with their first-round pick, being a top-five pick, is the Paxton Lynch situation. And, of course, Paxton Lynch, a first-round selection of the Broncos two years ago, has gone on to start, I think, now three games. He started one as a rookie and two in his second year. And the Broncos, I mean, we I don't want to get bogged down on how they botched the Paxton Lynch situation and his development and the different things they could have done uh, to better maximize that selection. But the bottom line is they're at a point as a team where they can't really afford – to roll the dice on a player who up until this point, two years in, has shown very little in terms of potential to be a franchise quarterback. And yet, at Case Keenum's um, introductory press conference on Friday, of course, John Elway was still very optimistic and complimentary when talking about Paxton Lynch. And Vance Joseph, for his part, said something very interesting. Nick and I have talked about this, but let me play this for you really quick, something that Vance Joseph said when asked specifically about Paxton Lynch, whether he's talked to him about the signing of Case Keenum and where he fits in. Here's what Coach Joseph said. I have talked to Paxton. What was his response? He's fine. Paxton's a young player, guys. I mean, he's a guy that's had four starts, you know, and it's a it's a new football world where you draft these guys and they have to play early. You know, I don't believe in that. So for Paxton to have a chance to play behind Case, a guy who's been through a lot in his career, that can benefit Paxton, you know. They have a chance to watch and learn how to prepare as a NFL starter, you know, behind a guy who's been through ups and downs. To me, that's going to help Paxton become a better quarterback. So you're thinking he's the two right now? Paxton? Yes, he's the two. Absolutely. How is Chad Kelly fitting? Chad Kelly's the three right now. All right, so we hear there, Nick, Vance Joseph saying, quote, Paxton is the two. Absolutely. Chad Kelly is the three. And then he qualifies it right now. Close quote. So that's the headline, you guys, is that Paxton Lynch, as it stands today, is going to be QB2 on the Broncos' depth chart between Case Keenum at number one and Chad Kelly at number three. How do you think that could affect, Nick, in your mind, what the Broncos do with the fifth pick? I think Paxton Lynch really does not have an impact, if at all, on what the Broncos do in the fifth pick. I think Keenum probably has more impact on that pick Paxton Lynch I still hope that they can get some value from at some point you know I, I hope he turns it around because I'm not cheering against any of these kids but he's had you know people fault the Broncos for botching his development that's as much on Paxton Lynch as it is the Broncos organization they pretty much handed it him the starting job on a silver platter this past offseason he didn't even have to beat out Trevor Simeon is what I've been told. He just had to be somewhat close so they could sell it to the team, they could sell it to those in the locker room, and he couldn't do it. There's questions about his work ethic, and I would say 
at this point, his confidence is a huge issue as well. He might be further off today than when he was when the Broncos first drafted him. Yep. That's that's horrible. And that's, again, that's as much on the Broncos as it is on him because they gave him an opportunity to win the job, not even to win it. You know, they, they went above and beyond trying to make it his job. You know, when you have to go against a guy like Mark Sanchez or Trevor Simeon or Brock Osweiler in your first-round pick and you can't do it, I mean, that's that speaks pretty poorly of the player, too. Absolutely. And in this situation, this is one of those examples of it taking two to tango, you know, and there's lessons to be learned from both ends. Paxton Lynch, though, I mean, one of the key components to being a successful pro quarterback is confidence. And if there's one thing that kid lacks, it is confidence. And, you know, the the picture moment that really belies that sh- and, and reveals that, I should say, is in the Oakland game when he pulls up lame and, he you know, he'd started, pulls up lame, and then cut two, he's crying, he's bawling, he's literally tears streaming down his face on the bench. Now, you know what, look, I'm not saying boys shouldn't cry. I'm not saying a man doesn't shed tears. There's plenty of times in my life as a grown-ass man, I've shed plenty of tears. But as a pro quarterback, you know, and you understand, look, he was frustrated. He had been hurt to start the year, right? He finally gets his chance to start, and he gets hurt again. Well, there's a lot of people, things we've heard, that Paxton Lynch was – the team wanted him to go back in and play. He wasn't that severely injured. And so – it's, it calls into question why he's sitting down crying instead of trying to fight through it and go back out and play. I mean, a player knows his own body, and there is something to be said for that. And we can't say for certain whether or not he was good enough to go back out and play. But some of his coaches, perhaps some of his teammates, thought he was it wasn't severe enough to keep him off the field. And yet it's almost like he was crying because he was relieved to be off the field, and that fact really disappointed him. The fact that he was actually happy to be on the bench. What do you think about that, Nick? I think it's – I don't know about that, but I think it has <laughs> to do with his – just his overall mental maturity. And, you know, I don't think he was prepared for the amount of work it takes to be a franchise quarterback. You know, it goes it goes above and beyond having talent. You know, there's plenty of talented quarterbacks that don't do anything in the league. You know, you have to be able to be that guy – in the film room, you have to be a leader in the locker room. And it starts with the work ethic. And I just, there's been, I don't know Paxton Lynch personally, so I can't speak to that, but there have been a lot of talk that his work ethic is subpar and yep. where there's smoke, there's fire. So that's right. I think that he lost his teammates. I think that the, I don't think they ever really bought into him, which is an issue. And it's, for me, it's on him at this point. You know, it sucks because the Broncos used that first-round pick on him. They even traded up for him, giving up a, I believe it was, a third-round pick and their first-round pick to go up and get him. Yep. It's one of those things where, you know, bygones are bygones. It is what it is. The Broncos cannot pin, I don't think, any hopes. And I don't think Paxton Lynch should factor any way into what the team ultimately decides to do with the fifth pick. And I would be 100% okay with the Broncos using that pick on a quarterback so long as it's one of the top three. And by that I mean either – here's how it goes for me. Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. If the Broncos get to pick five and those three guys are off the board, I would be very disappointed, very disappointed, if they took Josh Allen at that point. 
because he's shades of of Paxton Lynch. And, you know, the upside to that, Nick, is if they did end up, because John Elway could do what John Elway does and take the toolsy guy, the big size guy, and the guy that most resembles him in his own mind's eye, and it ends up being Josh Allen. But the silver lining, were that to happen, as disappointed as I would be, is that the Broncos do have Case Keenum. And so that would buy a guy like Josh Allen the time he would need to at least a single year to, you know, catch up to the speed of the game, learn the system. You know, he's already played in a pro system and and how that affects him at the line of scrimmage is good. He has a lot of experience in that regard that many of his peers entering this class do not that gives him a little bit of a leg up. But accuracy issues and everything else we've already touched on, Obviously, he's going to need some time. So if there is a silver lining to the Broncos taking Josh Allen, which would not shock or surprise me if they did, it would be that. And Case Keenum gives them options. That's one of the good things about this uh, signing of Case Keenum is the Broncos, Nick, can also use this as an opportunity to leverage their position at pick five and trade back and try and capitalize and pick up even more picks. Lord knows with Von Miller restructuring and basically only two or three moves they've made uh, so far, they have the cap room to have multiple, multi- I mean, they already have 10 picks right now, if I recall. And if they could trade back and get, you know, two or three, maybe even more, a, a second round or another third round or something like that, you're really starting to load the deck for Case Keenum. And I agree with you there. I'm in the same assessment as you as I just, I see what makes Josh Allen very enticing, you know, that he has one of the strongest arms I think I've ever seen. He's athletic. He's played in a pro-style system, everything like that. You know, he didn't have the best talent around him at Wyoming. That's all true. But maybe it's being gun-shy with Paxton Lynch. Maybe it's just knowing quarterbacks like that have a much higher tendency to to fail. I mean, look at Kyle Bowler. Look at Jake Locker. You know, guys that had accuracy issues in college, and people said, you know, blamed it on the teammates. wasn't their fault, and those guys – flame out of the league because if you're not accurate and you're not throwing with anticipation you know that's that's where the league is heading today the best quarterbacks Peyton Manning Tom Brady Drew Brees you know they're not the guys with tremendous athleticism or arm talent down the field you know they do have at least baseline arm talent but what they're doing is they're able to put the ball in tight spots getting it to their playmakers with proper reading proper time protecting the football and letting the athletes around them do the rest you know, yeah. playing point guard. That's right. And I don't I don't see that in Josh Allen. I see that in Sam Darnold. I see that in Josh Rosen for sure. And I see that in Baker Mayfield. You know, for me right now, I'd have Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, number one. Then I have a tie with Mayfield and Darnold. And I think all three are going to end up being franchise quarterbacks. And while I do like Kyle Oletta and Mason Rudolph round two, and I think there's some upside, you know, some later guys. I do like Kurt Benkert as a potential backup type and Chase Litton. The the probability that that guy turns out to be anything drops exponentially at that point. Yeah. yeah. And I just think if you have a chance and you see a franchise quarterback on the board, especially with what Keenum's deal is and where the Broncos are at, it just makes too much sense because like Von Miller's contract now, it's been changed. He restructured it, and now the Broncos have – more of uh, larger cap hits later mm-hmm. that's set up perfectly for a young quarterback. And you see teams like mm. the Seahawks built up great. Their great run was all during Russell Wilson's rookie contract. As soon as he was paid, that team fell apart. The yep. teams that are hot right now in the NFC, I would say the best two teams in the NFC right now, you have 
the Los Angeles Rams who are able to make a bunch of moves, bring in guys in the secondary, and then you have the Eagles. How are these teams able to add all this talent? They have these really young, talented quarterbacks on their rookie deals. So I just – if you see a guy there, I don't think Case Keenum's a franchise quarterback. I think he's a solid guy. He's the best quarterback the Broncos have had in three years since before Peyton Manning got injured in that game in St. Louis. I feel like he was a shell of himself after that. Mm -hmm. But I I, I think it sets up the franchise and has the most impact on the team. And I get people saying, you know, Saquon Barkley and Quentin Nelson aren't can't miss. Well – Trent Richardson was can't miss. <laughs> Dance Wermack was can't miss. There's no such thing. Yeah. There is no such thing. Yeah. So if you have a chance to get that quarterback, that's going to change the franchise for the next 10 years. And if you see a guy that you believe in, go get him. No questions asked. I'm with you on the fence that I might be higher than some people on the Case Keenum signing, but up till this point, you know, it's it's there's not enough empirical evidence to suggest that Case Keenum is a franchise quarterback. And that's why he kind of got the deal that he did from the Broncos. It's still a very generous deal. I think it pays him what he's worth on the market as a guy who went 11-3 and last year and won a playoff game. But he still has a lot to prove. And if there's anything optimistic to look forward to in terms of Case Keenum and him possibly continuing on his developmental curve is that this guy has a world-class chip on his shoulder. He's had to fight and earn you know, basically every opportunity he's ever given. And last year, everything seemed to click. And the Broncos right now, they seem to think that he has unlocked something and that they can get a similar type of return with the team they have already built. You know, a few tweaks here and there in the draft and free agency. But it remains to be seen ultimately whether or not Case Keenum can build on what he did last year in Minnesota. But Nick brings up some really good points here in this conversation in that you know, this isn't just your average year of the Broncos drafting, okay? This is a rare opportunity with your Denver Broncos having a top-five pick. So whatever they decide to do, not only do they have to make the right pick, but it's not very often that they are within striking distance of the top quarterbacks in the class. And you might argue in 2016 that, you know, they got Paxton Lynch in the first round. What's the difference? There's a far cry, I think we can all agree, those listening and Nick and I, a far cry between the player that Paxton Lynch was then and is now and guys like Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. The Broncos have an opportunity to get one of the true franchise-caliber quarterbacks. So it really is interesting to see what they do. And I'll be honest, like I won't be disappointed if the Broncos end up going with a quarterback in the first round, so long as it's somebody uh, like Mayfield or Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold. And again, if those three are off the board, I think the Broncos have to go somewhere else. But I won't be disappointed. Can you imagine, Nick, the circus that it will be for the next few months if that pick ended up being Baker Mayfield? I mean, it would be like Tebow mania all over. He's he's already beloved in Denver. Getting Baker Mayfield, man, that might actually put some pretty heinous pressure on Case Keenum in a way that he didn't even deal with in L.A. with uh, with Jared Goff because there's so much mania behind the, the Baker Mayfield fan base yeah but that's okay i mean listening to baker mayfield at his press conference he said that he's not coming in to be a backup and you know if that's how it plays out that's how it plays out but you best be sure that he's going to push the heck out of that guy that's in front of him and i love that let's say and also what case keenum does is it gives the broncos an opportunity to look at any of these quarterbacks without case keenum I'm pretty much probably Mayfield or Rosen exclusively because I think Darnold is a bit more of a project, and I definitely think Allen's a project. 
But because you have a guy like Keenum, you have the ability to not throw that guy into the fire. Now I'm totally with Elway, you know, baptism by fire yep, me too. is the, the best way, but you don't have to, you don't have to do that. And if Keenum is the best guy this year and you have a guy like Mayfield who is working his way to making the reads and his footwork under center and everything like that, and the locker room is fine with that, I'm okay. Because look at what the Chiefs just did last season. They had Alex Smith play pretty, pretty well. You know, got him to the playoffs. Pro Bowl caliber. Yeah, Pro Bowl caliber. Granted, Simeon was voted to the Pro Bowl, so. Well, he he was was an alternate. Yeah. I mean, Alex Smith, to be fair, was was having an MVP caliber season before things started going sideways late in the year. Yeah. But, But the point that I was going to make was that if you get a guy like that, Keenum, and he plays well and you have Mayfield, the next season you can flip Keenum for good value. I mean, we're probably not talking as much as the Chiefs got for Smith, but a day two pick plus more is not without the question. And then what is it, $7 million guaranteed next year? If some team desperate enough sees sees what Keenum did and looking to potentially do the same thing the Broncos did this year is – Get that insurance because you don't know if you're going to be able to trade up for that quarterback. Broncos could potentially get some value there and then make that roll because as you're seeing with the Eagles this year, teams are even talking about giving up a first-round pick for Nick Foles. Yep. Nick Foles, I know that he had a good game in the Super Bowl and everything, but great offensive line, good team around him, probably the best coaching around him too. So I, I just don't think it's a bad idea, and especially if that guy, again, pound on the table. If they, if you see a franchise quarterback out there and you don't have one, go get him. And then how it plays out, yeah. it plays out. My biggest fear is the Broncos taking a quarterback high, and then you've got Case Keenum, and you have a franchise and and a front office who, you know, they still feel like they're that one quarterback away from winning it all type mindset. And my fear is that let's say it's Baker Mayfield. And in comes Case Keenum. He's the starter. You know, the same old, same old. Everything's fine. The Broncos win a little. They don't quite get over the hump, but he's doing just enough for the Broncos to be scared enough to hand it over to the rookie. And we get caught in that cycle again, like we saw with Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch, where the guy's doing just enough to make the team fearful of going to the guy with less experience, but it's not enough to actually, as you say, move the needle that's my biggest fear is I don't want the Broncos getting caught in another one of those weird quarterback loops so if they end up getting a quarterback high I mean you know all respect to Case Keenum's feelings and all that they have to as a team have a clear plan in place a clear succession plan that they do not deviate from come hell or high water yeah I'm in agreement with you there and I would be totally fine if they took Baker Mayfield if this next season was Case Keenum, I, again, I'm with Elway about the baptism by fire, but it's not a a one-size-fits-all. You know, if it's best for the team and you can punt a year with Baker, that's that's okay because I think you can probably end up, if, if Keenum does play well, you can flip him next year for good value. But if the team struggles, if Keenum struggles, you make that move over to whoever quarter, whatever quarterback you draft and then you go from there. Yep. I don't think this team, even with Case Keenum, even with, with a guy like Saquon Barkley and Quentin Nelson next year, I still don't think they are a Super Bowl, a true Super Bowl contender. You know, everything has would have to go right. And I don't I don't fully believe in these coaches. I don't think the offensive line is going to be totally fixed next year. 
And I think the the defense is going to have a little bit of transition because you're moving a guy like Tlaib, and then you have the question mark of Adam Gatsis and Derek Wolf. At this point, I love Derek Wolf, but I mean, his health, I, I just can't depend on it. Yep. So I, I am fine getting that guy, getting that value. If you think he's a franchise quarterback, you don't think Case Keenum is. You pull the trigger and then you let it go. Either way, you know it's kind of like what Shanahan did with the Broncos were coming off the AFC Championship with Jake Plummer, but. Plummer was not the long-term solution and it didn't work out for color in the end, but I don't, I don't fault the move, you know, and with hindsight, that's a little bit different. Now that's, that's a bone that I would pick. And that's a, that's a podcast probably for another, another time. But I think that was one of the greatest errors in uh, recent franchise history was the benching of Jake Plummer. Well, it happened before that, the, the decision to take a quarterback in the first round when you have a guy like Plummer who's been to the playoffs three straight years, took your team to the AFC Championship game when he was benched, had your team at 7-5, and five, and still in first place in the division, albeit with a couple of games losing streak. So they, the team was feeling some pressure there. But I think for those of you who uh, have interest in that era of the Broncos, Nate Jackson's book, Slow Getting Up, he has a chapter called Plummer's Crack. And it's a you know funny title for the chapter, and it's it's one of those double entendres. But it uh, it goes through and details out from his perspective as a quarterback who you know had some allegiance to the veteran plumber who you know they'd been through some battles together. But you know, kind of explains through the player's perspective that whole process how Cutler ended up supplanting Plummer, and we all know how it basically railroaded the team until the Broncos were fortunate enough to you know, get John Elway back. And then of course, Peyton Manning, which changed everything. But, but Nick, I think, uh, I think we're running out of time here. We, we've had a good conversation. You know, you've given me a lot to think about. I'm still, just to be frank, my friend, I'm still a little bit on the fence. You know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not uh, zealous in terms of the Broncos should avoid taking a QB early. I'm kind of right now just on the fence where I'm not going to be disappointed if they do. And I'm not going to be disappointed if they don't, but that doesn't really you know, that, that that doesn't really solidify what the right thing to do is. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not really sure yet what I think the right thing to do for this team is. And maybe seeing how things play out a little bit further with free agency will, will help bring some of that into clarity. But you've given me a lot to think about today, my friend. Yeah, just last bit, you know, go through the rosters in the NFL. Almost all the franchise quarterbacks were are on the teams that drafted them. And a very good portion of them were drafted in the top 10, top 12. So I think if you have a chance to get that guy, it's not going to make the Broncos the best they can be in 2018. You know, getting a guy like Saquon Barkley or Quentin Nelson probably makes that team better next year. But you got to look at it like a five-year window, you know. And the, nothing's, nothing is for sure. You know, every single year, if Von Miller could get injured next year, then everything was for naught. You know, you should have just gone with the quarterback at that point. So set yourself up. And if you see a talented quarterback there and you don't have one, get him so i i don't think rosen's going to be happening but i think saquon barkley is somebody the broncos have showed a lot of interest in not saquon barkley baker mayfield is somebody the broncos have shown a lot of interest in and he pairs up well offensively i think with uh keenum as well so we'll see what happens but i just i have a feeling that if you have a chance at that quarterback and you believe in him go get him because whether you're paying that fifth pick this year or you're giving up a boatload of picks in the future. You know, look what the look what the Colts gave up, or not the Colts. Look what the Jets just gave up. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're going to be paying for it. 
So I say if you see the guy, don't even think about it. Go get him. Well, it's certainly a great opportunity. Again, it's not every every year the Broncos are picking in the top five. So it's crucial, absolutely crucial, that they, that they make the right decision. And it'll be interesting to see how that takes shape. And there's still obviously plenty of time, many weeks leading up to that decision. And we'll be here to break down the latest happenings and and walk you through the entire thing. But that's going to do it for today. You can find my my partner here, Nick, on Twitter, at Nick Kendall, MHH, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Please tweet us your questions, and we're always going to try to address your concerns on the show as often as we can. But we are working on a ton of stuff for the draft. Nick and Carl, Eric and Khalid, it's going to be a great, great, and some exciting weeks leading up to draft day. So make sure you're subscribing, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Mile high huddle.